Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Everyone. Today, I've got the privilege of having Craig Northrup again. Craig, welcome to the program. Thank you. Excited to be here, always. It was fun last time. I'm sure it'll be a blast this time. Absolutely. So, Craig, you've been the number one realtor in the country a few times. What was that like, and what were you doing back then? And then we're going to talk about this market, which could be the hottest market we've ever had. Correct. Well, back then, I was a team, a Craig Northrup team. Now, I'm a broker, so it's a little different. But was a team. It wasn't me that was number one in the nation. It was us, and I say yes. that with passion because... You know, to do a team, I think we got up to about 100 uh, team members at the time. Nice. On the third time, we were the number one in the nation, I think. You know, and, and, and so really, is it, it, it takes a lot of cooperation, a lot of adapting. I call it adapting and working with people. You know, leadership, you know, I say team by, you know, people say they're a team. Well, it's either team by name or team by nature. And nature means natural born talent to be a leader, yes. right? We talk about that. Leadership is, I consider first leadership, number one principle is lead by example. You know, don't ask Lucky others talk. what you won't do with yourself. I mean, I'm, if I'm going to ask them to do open houses, I better do open houses. If I'm going to ask them to go do uh, certain projects or do home inspections or whatever, I better do it first. And I think that's sort of one of my keys uh, that with, again, complimenting my wife who sort of handled it. We were partners in this but as we were growing. But ideally, the key was is I always wanted to put myself out there first and then guide and teach through that. And I think that was a key to leadership. So how transparent were you in terms of, I'm sure there were things that you did really well and there were certain areas that you were not as well. Did you talk about those or did you hide it? Like I never hid it. I, I was very honest because I really didn't want to waste a lot of time to get where I wanted to go. And if you're going to do it anyway, why not be the best? So we, when we first started a team, my wife and I in 2000, we knew we were going to be the best. And the reason was is because you have to have a vision, you have to have a goal, and you have to have all the drive to do that. And so I realized I'm not good at... at paperwork, right? So that's why I have client care coordinators. I'm not really good at staging. I don't have the tolerance or patience to know right. what color wallpaper there is. My mother, well, my mother, my wife has that ability. I don't. But so we started a staging department, right? A home marketing consultants. I'm, I'm marketing. I'm good, but I don't, I, I mean, I have some ideas, but I'm not implementing. You know, like I need somebody that's way better than us. So we have a great marketing department and social media uh, you know, people to do all that. Um, and then you have IT, just like this. I had no idea how to turn they put this Northrop thing on the back of the computer. Oh, yeah. You call the IT guy in. That's the IT. And then training, uh, we just, uh, we just uh, uh, introduced a new platform called Elevate, which right. is just for new agents only. So because I think there's a lack of training of new agents, and we're seeing that right now, especially in a very good market. And um, so I think we, we took the initiative and did that, and we require mentorship programs for all of our new agents because I think that is also needed as well. Brilliant. So when I look at the man before me and your leadership ability, it's probably dramatically better than it was when you started. 100%. I mean, yeah, fail so, forward. So what were a couple of those leadership things that you wish you knew better back then, and who did you go to to learn to improve those? Uh, great questions. You know, what I... I think confidence was really one of the keys. Right. Confidence in your ability, you know, I call it knowledge is confidence, confidence is trust, trust is sale. I had knowledge in the market. I knew how to sell a house, but I really didn't know how to run a team. Right. Did I need 
balance with my wife to be a partner in that where she has that mantra everyone matters yes i needed that so the balance of being her were great but my lessons as i learned things were is what other people want why did other people want to be part of a team right i i, I wish i would have learned that earlier where i know that now because we have 30 teams now with the brokers in north reality i know what they want because i had to go through my ventures i did not know at the time what people wanted and why they wanted to be on a team until I started evolutioning the team through its process. So right now you have 30 teams? 30 teams, yes. So think of two of those teams. Okay. And how you might find a distinction between, oh, this team is all about X and this team is all about Y. One's not better than the other, but they would have different feels and vibes. Yeah. Each team is totally different. They all stem back to one thing that's called relationship selling. Right. right. Every one of them, all the commonalities of the 30 teams is the same. Their leadership styles are different. Some are, hey, go out and do it yourself, you know, and, and uh, just, you know, and, and, and grow from there. You know, you don't go through it, you grow through it. Or the others are much more, I'll teach you how to fish, you know what I mean, so that you can go out and get your own leads, right? So, you know, how do you build that, that team member so well that they become imitator of the team leaders? There's some more, more hands-on and some are a little less hands-on. I think that's probably the differences. They're both, they're all successful teams. So do you remember that Harry Potter? Yeah. They had this sorting hat where people come, which, so when you look at people coming into, I'm not sure if you see the newbies coming in, do you think you'd fit really well with that leader? Yes. Do you get a sense of that? We do that. We interview every agent that comes here because we only require, you, you have to be full-time to be in North Realty. If you're a part-time, you can be part of a team. So we, we actually interview a lot of agents uh, wannabe agents that uh, are part-time then we put them place with teams so we're we place a lot of a lot of agents with a lot of our teams based on adaptability of the leader to the agent yes Makes that's sense. a great question in your career you've probably seen a lot of people where you look at so let's say this imaginary person here janet uh -huh. janet is doing a good job but she could be phenomenal if only she could X. So tell me about one of those people that you worked with where you kind of decoded what the missing link was and helped that person kind of achieve. Because there's a quote from Pogo, it was a comic strip. We've met the enemy and the enemy is us. So sometimes, you know, we're trying like hell and we can't make it, but it takes a leader to go, oh, this is it. Do you have one of those stories? Um, well, you know, I, I think way I look at real estate and, and in life is it's all about you, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about... You know, it's, first of all, it's all about the client, but what I mean by that is all about you and how you interpret things. And yes. what I say by that is, is, is we're, by nature, we don't push ourselves enough, right? You know, I don't, I think we, we so, so what I see with agents are is, you know, what is enough? I don't know that answer, right? So that's that person's ability. You know, the push and accountability. You know, and accountability is, you know, don't blame, you know, complain, you know, you know, things like that. Focus on yourself. What? What I learn from everything, I don't lose, I learn. And what, what can I do better in the next situation? I think our business is so rejection-oriented that, that they lose confidence in the next deal because they bring their bad experience from the last deal to the new deal. And then what happens is naturally that client that they're in front of... They feel it. Yes, they feel it. Exactly. Interesting. So we are at a white-hot real estate market. White-hot. Ever had white hot? I'm not sure. It sounds interesting. <laughs> What's white hot, right? Sounds really hot. Oh, yeah. 
It's like when you get metal and it just starts oh, glowing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So when they were inventing the light bulb, you know, the old Edison, he tried so many because it got so hot that it burnt and it fizzled out. You know how many times you tried it? A thousand times, actually, I heard. I think it's, it's more like a really cool story. I'm not right. sure what the real number. Even if it was like 100, it's really right. impressive. So here's the question. Right now, it's a hot market. Everybody's doing well. But it's going to change at some point in the future. So what are the activities? What's the mindset people need to really be have a discipline on so when the market does go south, that those people still do well, whereas the ones that were just going along for the ride sometimes get out of the business? Well, again, this business is, is challenging. Yes, it's a great time. So mm-hmm. let's start with your first point, right? It's the second best market I've ever seen in my career. I've been doing this 35 years. 2005 was certainly the best. But that had its own issues. The issues were, you know, no doc loans actually could hurt us. And appraisers would appraise, you know, whatever value it was. It wasn't a really a kind of defined mechanism yes. at the time. That really hurt us. There were, I sat with sellers. They couldn't even afford their own homes, right? That was not scalable. This new market is very scalable. So do I think it will adjust after the election? Election's a good example, right? Mm-hmm. Unless in a little over 30 plus days, we're gonna have, you know, could be whatever the presidency happens can affect our market. Up till then, traditionally year after year, every four years, interest rates are always low. Economy always tends to be strong, everything there. So the urgency is what I first urge all agents. Take advantage of the market while it's here. Don't allow your opportunity or your advice to that seller not be of urgency. Right, because you don't know what six months is going to look like, and the last thing you want to do is give somebody advice to wait, and then they miss, and you can't get a Super Bowl game back. Yes. And what I say that is, I, my, my advertisers come to me and they said, and I, I'm upset when my commercial didn't run exactly where I wanted it in the Super Bowl, and they said, well, we'll run it somewhere else. I said, you can't get it back. See, you're not going to get this market back. I think you have a solid 30 days called Rocktober. Yeah. October 1st called Rocktober. It will be the number best month in most agents' history, along with the market's history. It's incredible, everything's lining up. People wanna know where they wanna quarantine next. People are looking at specific things. They, they've lived in their house in the last six months more than they lived in the last six years. Yep. And so they're noticing what it is to look like. Pools are up 150%, backyards are up a lot because people are spending more time at home. So, you know, and the nice part about our facility of that is we fuel the economy. What happens? Six months later, after you buy a house, you buy a new car. You buy, you know, you're fixing it up. So all the trades are, all the uh, mechanicals, all the different things fuel from us. And if our if our market is doing well, it helps a lot. Everybody's of doing well. Yes. Yeah. As you move forward, what do you need to like? Brokerages come and go, and the ones that stay on the top and stay anchored to their values. So, A, what are the values of your brokerage? And as you grow, how do you maintain that level of integrity and living true to what's written on the wall? Because a lot of places you go, they've got stuff written on the wall. We're here for value and integrity. And frankly, this is for the camera. A lot of it is kind of like, they don't live up to it. So how do you ensure that you guys walk your talk? Because when you have more and more agents, it's an effort to make sure that happens. So what are you doing to make sure everybody lives by the code and you get the culture you want? Well, I think that's a phenomenal question. I think you demand more. I think you need to demand a certain consistency of professionalism. I think you need to train them more. I think the agents that want to be better are here. The ones that don't or maybe just, not saying they don't want to be better, but ideally don't want to be pushed, let's say, yes. right? They're, they're comfortable, right? I call them, the, we do a class called Out of Comfort Zone. You know, I see a lot of 
agents that start in that class <laughs> and when they come out of that class they're doing more business than they ever have because they got outside of their comfort zone we get comfortable we just do and so what happens with our brokerage is first of all we're very much agent focused right what's best for the agent how do we train the agent better and then what's best for our clients because if you can't if you can't do it for yourself like be on time return calls the different things you're not gonna do it for the client so if you're not agent focused first of how to make them best possible, then you're not going to get it best for the client. And that's why in our brokerage, we're number one in the nation for five star Zillow reviews in the nation. So we believe in great customer service before the, before the sale, during the sale and after the sale. And we're very passionate about that. So if they, if for some reason, one of our agents are not professional or something like that, we have such strong leadership that we know about it right away and we correct it. Nice. And I think that's the answer where we're much more hands-on. You know, we're able to do that. I mean, I always use this statement when I own a video store. You know, you can check, you know, I, I never wanted to get so big where I couldn't turn the lights off and check the inventory. Right. Right? It's the same thing. I know every agent by name. <laughs> I know their abilities. And, and I say we, we know their agents by name. And we know what their abilities are, their strengths, and we want to feed their strengths. And we want to make sure that each of the areas they service, they know it better than the consumer. So they should know and live and learn and be that real estate resource. And that makes you powerful already because that gives you the confidence mm -hmm. to sell your area. And I think that's it and being full-time, right? To me, this business is not a part-time business. You can do it. But I think in order to really be successful in this business, especially right now, you have to be an all-the-time agent. See, somebody asked me this. They go, man, she goes, uh, a lady had asked me, she goes, Craig, are you a full-time agent? I said, no, no, ma'am, I'm an all-the-time agent. Big difference. Why? Because I'm always available for my clients. Mm -hmm. They need something. It's their priority. We make it happen. And that's, again, lead by example. The leadership has to be the leaders in doing that. Response times, uh, you know, vision, all that great stuff rolls right down to your agents. So that leadership, what I don't like seeing is when leadership checks out. Right. And lets them just run amok. And I think that's part of what brokerage models fail eventually because there's no training, there's no leadership, and they just say, good luck. So there's like two schools to that, right? One is, you know, I want to be a good guy and you guys do what you need to do and they can run amok. Then the, you can have another extreme where people are like, okay, this is the army, you're doing this, and they go to the other extreme. So how do you respect the agent but still require them to do the training and so what's that balance? How do you strike that balance? I think it's a great point. We're certainly not militant and we're deciding to allow them to be a muck. We have rules and guidelines to make them better that makes it better for the consumer's experiences. So how do we do that? Um, you know, we require mentorships if you're new, right? So you must be mentored and do three transactions there. So for the new ones, we're not going to let you get in the business without having good training. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's mandated mentorship, okay? So that's very, very important and very passionate. Then we have better level training classes that we invite everyone in the brokerage parts of. And it's based on where you are and your levels of things. Like we have Mindset Matter class right now that Zach Bryan's teaching. Right. I've got Buffini that Kathy and Patrick are teaching. I've got myself and Will that are teaching out of comfort zones. We have, and they're all different, different agents at different levels of their careers getting taught. And guess what? They want to be there voluntarily. Yeah. You, know, you, you also can't learn unless you want to learn, right? You can't. You can't fight it. So there's not a militant. You don't have to do any of this. We invite you in. If you like to do it, we're going to make you better. And I think that's one of the things. The intent. Yeah, the intent. It's so important. 
So there was a couple of things you said there. I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. So you said you're the number one realty firm in the country for Zillow reviews. Correct. That does not happen accidentally. Correct. So how did you make it happen? I give credit to Will Miller, my son, um, who really kind of saw that, 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 that need to let the consumers, where do you go to rate your restaurants? You go to the surveys. Where do you go to see if a movie's good? You go to, so he saw that. He noticed it. He built profiles for not only the company, but for every one of our agents. And then we, we basically, because we do good business, we get a lot of reviews back. A, a lot of the sellers will say, wow, what a great experience. I want to write a review. Where do I go? And we would send them to Zillow. The same as a buyer's experience. Wow, I've enjoyed this. You've been really great. I just talked to an, uh, a seller now, a potential seller, that said, I want this agent because they've helped me with three or four transactions. I just want to continue with them. You know, and I think that's really the key element of how you build great Zillow reviews. And let me tell you this, very important. Very oh, important going forward that, that you have a good resume of, of what we call raving fans. Absolutely. Tell me about if you want to be really good at something, teach it. And so what I find is when people are being mentors, it's just as rewarding for them because as they teach younger agents or younger whatever, that they learn as well. I, I think the best. So who is someone that you've noticed that has been a mentor and you can see the growth in them as well? Well, one of the things I love about our brokers is that 50, uh, literally 60% of our, our brokers does $5 million or more. No one can say that. But, and I say that because we have a bunch of mentors. We used to have one, it was great, but, and I think shadowing is a good example for two, two reasons. One, they're shadowing them to see what that, that experienced agent does, but then the experienced agent knows you're being watched. Yes. So it makes them better. So all of our mentors, or they wouldn't be mentors, is my answer to that, that they are better because they're mentors and, the, and, and, and they're benefiting you because they're training while doing, not saying. See, I, I think being more in the field and being doing the fact is making them better trainers. Absolutely, because a lot of times so I can tell you how to do anything, but when I when we're doing it, it's like, oh yeah, when this happens, right. you need to think about this. All of that really important information mm-hmm. doesn't happen unless you're doing it live. Correct, and I think you have to do that. You have to be part of it. You have to see it, and I think that's what a good mentor program is all about. So how do you... If I opened up the internet and said, you know, realtors, and I interviewed five realtors, it would be really difficult to distinguish between the five, unless they're like complete idiots. But almost everyone's gonna talk about the customer service and all those things, but you guys live it, walk it. Mm -hmm. So how do you relay that? How do you communicate that to customers so people kind of go, yeah, I really believe that, that they're gonna look after me? I think that's a good question. I think you're, again, we go back to some of the, what's the client said about me? I think that's important. Those reviews, absolutely critical. No question. You've got to have a plan, right? Mm -hmm. Every seller needs a plan. They're calling you a professional. It's like going to a doctor and asking a doctor what's wrong with me, and then they give you a plan to how to fix it, right? It's the same principle with real estate. You have to have a plan, and that plan has to have a concrete foundation of, of results, Right, and our foundation results is we did a billion dollars last year. We did 2,500 transactions. In their price range, we sold plenty in that homes. In their area, I've sold plenty. That's your foundation. Then you build from that. What are you doing in marketing? What makes us different? Well, every seller gets the same service, whether you're a $200,000 property or $2 million property. You mean, yes, you might get a little extra goodies on the luxury side of marketing they don't need on the 200000 side, but you're going to get a lot of that same service. And I think that consistency is very important. Nice. And I think that's what makes the consumer not feel like, oh, I only have a $400,000 house. 
you're not going to treat me like a teammate. We do it all the same. We want every client to feel like they're the only one. And the only way to do that with volume is systems. You've got to put systems. Hallelujah. In. Yes. You got to. You just, you have to have systems. You have to have a good CRM. You have to have, so, you know, things in place and a great communication, which is the key through COVID. Communication really has been the key through COVID of how we've stu- not only strengthened, but even gotten and grown even stronger. But I think you're mispronouncing that. I was listening to the BBC. Is COVID. <laughs> I was like, COVID? Really? But anyway. All right, good. Thank so, you. So going back to, is COVID. Uh, <laughs> but going back to systems. So systems, but Craig, you don't understand. I'm a free spirit and I need to do it my way. So how do you get people, in order to get better, you need a system because you can measure against it. But having a system and getting people following a system are it's two different things. It's actually pretty hard that way a little bit, but I'll call it my way with a twist of lemon. All right? We're going to make lemonade out of that. You right. might have a little lemon in between that's going to taste a little sour mm. because it's not going to be totally your way. Right. But if I can get you to do five deals instead of one deal because we got the system already in place, it's called a plug-and-play system, Right? why would you want to reinvent it? Why would you want to spend so much energy? And so what I say to this company is built on time. Time and energy is worth more than money. Right. We're going to get a lot more time and energy back so you can focus on what matters. And I think the problem is the agent runs around doing all the things they don't need to do when they can just focus on the client. You know, it's whether you want that's to do the only it. important that's thing. That's it. That's it. And, and what you don't realize is how much lack of RPAs agents are doing. Right. They're busy. But what's busy? Show me the results. We'll show you the results. You give it, you know, you give us a listing. We're going to have it out that week. We're going to have everything done from the manaports to the floor plans to the staging to everything's done. It's magic. Why would you not? Today I did a blog post. It was my mentor, Wolf Rinke, Dr. Wolf Rinke, long time ago said, Umar, I want you to get a three by five card, put it next to your monitor, and I want you to write down, number one, is this activity I'm about to do, will it make me money or not? I like it. Number two, will this strengthen the relationship so it leads to money? And number three, delegate it or kill it. Because we get so caught up in busy work that the most important thing that you've described in our conversation and the previous one is our relationship with the customers. No question. How do we make them feel right. important yes. and get them? We're going to go overtime on the interview here because here's the interesting part is sometimes our clients are their worst enemies. As agents, we need to negotiate with them, influence them to do the right things at the right time to let us help them sell their house. So how do you train your people to manage clients to cooperate so we can actually help them achieve what they want to achieve? So one principle you have to live by is that no one's going to do it like you. Yes. Right? So if somebody can do it 70% of the way you do it, or the system's built to do it 70% of the way you could do it, then let it go. Let somebody else handle Oh, so that's there. But what I'm saying is, so let's say you're my customer. You've got a house and it's the best house ever in the world. And I'm saying, you know, hey, we need to clean it up. We need to do a few of these things. You need to do this to help me sell the house. I'm not doing any of that. You know why? I put a mechanism in place, systems. So you got systems that that talk to the... The homeowner client, to homeowner make them talk do it. about that. That's better. Why wouldn't you have an expert do that? I'm not. I don't know what that wallpaper should look like. Brilliant. Right? Oh, man. So you take that complexity out of the agent's things to do and say, just focus on this stuff. We got other people who are going to do that. They're not that good stagers. They aren't. Stop giving your opinions. You know, I had a person tell you a true story real quick on this, right? A seller wrote me and said, I've interviewed five agents. And they all talked about my wallpaper. I want your agent 
who comes out to not talk about my wallpaper. And if they do, then I'm not going to hire them. So I called my agent and said, don't talk about the wallpaper. We sold the house that weekend with the wallpaper. The other five agents brought up the wallpaper had to be removed. Guys, you're not sagers. Stick with what you're good at and be really, really good. And it shows our model works. You follow me? Yes. It's a, you know, your way with a little spice of, you know, with a twist of lemon. Because it's going to taste a little sour for a minute, but it's going to taste really good once you mix it together. One last thing. It's kind of interesting. I wonder how many of the other five agents got the same thing, but they felt compelled that, no, no, I have to talk about the thing. Whereas you said, you're telling me don't talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Right. So sometimes listen to your freaking client. Call listening appointments. We don't listen well enough. So instead of listing, it's listening appointments. Craig, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I think if there's one takeaway out of all of that good stuff, it's we don't listen enough. And if we listen to our customers, our agents, our spouses, our kids, and especially Craig, you go a lot further. Thanks (laughs) so much. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. It was great. It was always fun. (laughs) Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 